Section 38 of The Obscure Night of the Soul by St. John of the Cross. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book 2, Section 23. The Wonderful Hiding Place of the Soul, which the devil, though he penetrates into other higher places, cannot enter. In Darkness and Concealment In concealment, that is, secretly and hidden. So when the soul says that it went forth in darkness and concealment, it explains the more clearly the great security it found in obscure contemplation on the road of the union of the love of God. The words darkness and concealment mean here that the soul, having gone forth into the obscurity, traveled therefore in secret, unknown to the evil one, beyond the reach of his wiles and stratagems. The reason why the soul is free, concealed from the devil in his wiles in the obscurity of contemplation, is that infused contemplation, to which it is now admitted, is passively infused into it, in secret, without the cognizance of the senses and of the interior and exterior powers of the sensitive part. And that, too, is the reason why it escapes from not only the embarrassments which the faculties naturally and through their weakness present before it, but also from the evil one who, were it not for the sensitive faculties, could never know what is passing in the soul. The more spiritual, therefore, the communication is, and the further it is removed beyond the reach of sense, the less able is the devil to perceive it. This being the case, it becomes a matter of great moment greatly conducive to the soul's security, that the senses of our lower nature should have no knowledge whatever of the interior conversation of the soul with God, and that for two reasons. First, that the spiritual communication may be the more abundant, which it will be when the weakness of our lower nature does not impede liberty of spirit. The second is that the soul is more secure because the evil one cannot know what is passing within it. The words of our Lord, Let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doth, may be, in a spiritual sense, understood of this, and we may understand him to say, Let not thy left hand, that is, man's inferior nature, know what is passing in the higher and spiritual part of the soul. That is, let the divine communications remain unknown to the lower senses, and a secret between thy spirit and God. It is true, when these interior and most hidden communications occur, that the devil, though he knows neither their nature nor their form, ascertains their existence, and that the soul is then receiving some great blessings merely from observing the silence and repose of the senses, and the powers of our sensitive nature. And then, when he sees that he cannot thwart them in the inmost depth of the soul, he does all he can to disquiet and disturb the sensitive part, which is accessible to him, by fears and horrible dread, intending thereby to trouble the higher and spiritual part of the soul, and to frustrate the blessings it then receives and enjoys. But very often when this contemplation pours its light purely into the mind and offers it violence, the devil, with all his efforts, is not able to disquiet it, for then the soul becomes the recipient of renewed benefits, love, and a more secure peace. In its consciousness of the disturbing presence of the foe, 
it runs inwardly into itself without knowing how it comes to pass and feels assured of a certain refuge where it can hide itself beyond the reach of the evil one and thus its peace and joy are multiplied of which the devil attempted to rob it all those terrors assail it only from without it sees clearly and exults that it can in the meanwhile enjoy in secret the calm peace and sweetness of the bridegroom which the world and the devil can neither give nor take away the soul is now experiencing the truth of what the bride says in the canticle behold threescore valiant ones surround the bed of solomon because of fears in the night strength and peace abound within the soul though the flesh and the bones are frequently tormented without at other times when the spiritual communications flow over into the senses the devil succeeds the more easily in disquieting the mind and in disturbing it with the terrors with which he assails it through the senses at that time the mental agonies are immense and occasionally surpassing all description for when spirit has to do with spirit the evil one causes an intolerable horror in the good one that is in the soul when it succeeds in disturbing it this is the meaning of the bride in her account of what happened to her when she tried to be interiorly recollected so as to have the fruition of these goods i went down she says into the garden of nuts to see the fruits of the valleys and to look if the vineyard had flourished i knew not my soul troubled me for the chariots and the confused cries of aminadab that is the devil this contradiction of the devil takes place also when god bestows his favors upon a soul by the instrumentality of a good angel the devil sees this occasionally because god in general permits it to become known to the enemy and he may do what he can according to the measure of justice against that soul and that he may be debarred from pleading that he had no opportunity of seizing on that soul as he did in the case of job it is therefore expedient that god should place these two combatants the good angel and the devil on an equality when they contend for a human soul in order that the victory may be of greater worth and that the soul triumphant and faithful in temptation may be the more abundantly rewarded this is the reason why god in the order of grace permits satan to disquiet and tempt the soul which he is guiding therein when such a soul has real visions through the instrumentality of an angel god suffers the evil spirit to represent false visions of the same kind in such a way that an incautious soul may be very easily deluded as it has happened to many we have an instance of this in exodus where we read that the magicians of pharaoh wrought signs and wonders resembling those wrought by moses for when moses turned water into blood the magicians of egypt did the same and when he brought forth frogs so did the magicians it is not in bodily visions only that the evil spirit apes god but in spiritual communications also which are affected through the instrumentality of an angel whenever he succeeds in discovering them for as it is written he beholdeth every high thing that is he apes them and insinuates himself among them as well as he can spiritual visions have neither form nor figure such is the characteristic of spirit and therefore satan cannot imitate them nor occasion others 
which shall in any way represent them. And so, when the good angel communicates spiritual contemplation, the evil spirit, in order to disturb it while the soul is being thus visited, presents himself before it with a certain horror and spiritual confusion, which is occasionally exceedingly painful. Sometimes the soul quickly disembarrasses itself, so that the terror of the evil spirit may have no time to make any impression upon it, and recollects itself, favored herein by that spiritual grace which the good angel then communicates. Sometimes, too, God permits this horror and trouble to last a long time, and this is a greater torment to the soul than all the evils of this life can be, the remembrance of which afterwards is sufficient to produce great pain. All this passes in the soul without its doing or undoing anything of itself in regard to these representations or impressions. But we must remember that, when God suffers the evil spirit thus to afflict the soul, it is with a view to purify and prepare it by that spiritual vigil for some great festival and spiritual grace which it is his will to bestow upon it, who never mortifies but to give life, who never humbles but to exalt. This speedily ensues, for the soul, according to the measure of the dark purgation past, enters upon the fruition of sweet spiritual contemplation, and that is so sublime at times that no language can describe it. This is to be understood of those divine visitations which are the work of an angel, and wherein the soul is not wholly secure, nor hidden in so great obscurity, but that the devil succeeds in discovering its state. But when God visits the soul himself, the words of the stanza are then true, for in perfect obscurity, hidden from the enemy, it receives at such time the spiritual graces of God. The reason of the difference is that God, being the sovereign Lord, dwells substantially in the soul, and that neither angel nor devil can discover what is going on there, nor penetrate the profound and secret communications which take place between him and the soul. These communications, because the work of our Lord himself, are wholly divine and supreme, certain substantial touches of the divine union between himself and the soul. In one of these, because the highest possible degree of prayer, the soul receives greater good than in all the rest. These are those touches for which the bride prayed, saying, Let him kiss me with the kiss of his mouth. This being a thing that so intimately relates to God, the soul, anxious to approach him, values and desires one touch of the divinity more than all the other graces which he bestows upon it. Hence the bride in the canticle, after many graces there described, is not satisfied, but prays for those divine touches. Who shall give thee to me for my brother, sucking the breast of my mother, that I may find thee without, and kiss thee with the mouth of my soul, and now no man may despise me, or presume against me? She means that communication which God makes alone, without, and secret from all creatures, and so she says, that I may find thee without, and sucking at the breast of my mother. This occurs when the soul in liberty of spirit enjoys these blessings in sweetness and interior peace, and when the sensitive part thereof cannot hinder it, nor the devil by means of that sensitive part interfere with it. Then, indeed, the evil spirit will not venture to assail the soul, because he will not be able to approach it, 
neither can he know of those divine touches in the substance of the soul wrought in loving knowledge of the substance of God. No man may arrive at this blessed condition but by interior purgation and detachment, by being spiritually hidden from all created things. It is a work wrought in obscurity, in the hiding place, wherein the soul is confirmed more and more in union with God by love, and therefore the soul sings in darkness and concealment. When these favors are shown to the soul in secret, that is, in the spirit only, the higher and lower portions of the soul seem to it, it knows not how, to be so far apart that it recognizes two divisions in itself, each so distinct from the other that neither seems to have anything in common with the other, being in appearance so separated and distinct. And, in reality, this is in a certain manner true, for in its present condition, which is wholly spiritual, it has no commerce with the sensitive part. Thus the soul becomes wholly spiritual, and the spiritual passions and desires are in a great degree extinguished in this hiding place of intuitive contemplation. The soul, then, speaking of its higher part, sings the last line of this stanza, My house being now at rest. End of section 38